Hi everyone, my name is Laura, and you're listening to LF Photospace, a podcast dedicated to all things photography from my perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for season four, and we did go on a little bit of a hiatus, but we're totally back and we're here to stay. So, we went on a little bit of a hiatus because we are currently in a, at an undisclosed location, but nonetheless still having fun and still trying to enjoy whatever little bits and pieces of Florida there are left that are not currently steaming. But beyond that, I want to say that we're back with more information, more topics, and more details about what we love the best, which is photography. Now, I want to give everybody a heads up that we are currently running on a fall schedule. So we are going to do our best to keep up with all the craziest trends, all the greatest trends, and even, yes, our most interesting and most definitely creative holidays, which are Halloween, of course, coming up. There's Thanksgiving and, of course, the Christmas holiday or just the overall holiday season. And I got to say, guys, I have been out for a little bit. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, like I previously said. And it's mostly due because it has to do with this crazy moving situation. So if you're looking to buy, we suggest that you kind of pause that because that's what I had to do. Um, If you're looking to move, that's also another challenge, which is what I found. But I found a quiet spot, nonetheless peaceful, which is what each and every one of us wants at the end of the day. So before we get started, I just want to go ahead and say thank you guys Or thank you to those guys who continue to listen to us throughout our crazy settings and our most interesting topics. We just want to make sure that you are thanked for the efforts of continuing to listen to us. And for those that are joining us for the very first time, we welcome you. As always, we welcome your feedback. We welcome your info, your details, any commentary that you'd like to leave us. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram under... LF photo space and that pretty soon you'll be able to follow us on TikTok because we will have many live sessions of projects and creative assignments that we will be working on. And so without further ado, tonight we're going to talk about the five photographers that you don't want to be. And I know that in previous seasons we talked about those that we wanted to be or that perhaps we wanted to emulate but at this point we chose to go with those that we don't want to be so to start there really isn't no single way of being successful as a photographer um and i mean that in like the surest way possible that there isn't just one phase or just one thing that is going to make you the best photographer out there There are a handful, though, of things and examples that greatly and definitely will teach you what not to do if you want to, of course, attain much success. And success, when we talk about photography, comes in that there are many different parameters and, of course, definitions 
depending on the kind of photography that you currently do and of course your own personal goals as they pertain to you and so I'll tell you that there are a lot of people out there who perhaps consider overall financial gain and of course wealth to be their form of much of their success now other people consider growing a considerable audience perhaps or even a clientele to be their measure of success and yet others still consider their overall happiness with the work that they've done to be what makes them uniquely successful now no matter which one of those you consider yourself to be or perhaps applies to you there are five exquisite examples of photographers to prove that the kind of photography that you don't want to do or you don't want to be like is what you want to follow if you want to increase your chances of attaining any sort of success. Now, the first one that I want to talk about is the excuse -ishener. <laughs> if you understand my my um, wording now the excuse or let me rephrase it the executioner is the type of photographer that you don't want to be like because this type of photographer would greatly make more excuses than executing anything in other words this can be seen in two different scenarios perhaps if you're trying to better understand um, so there's the type of photography that is the newbie photographer. And so the newbie photographer is pretty much in the process of learning the craft and that at the same time cannot accept constructive criticism because there always is a way to find an excuse to not accept criticism instead of taking lessons from that particular critique. Now, when we talk about critiques, if any of you out there went to photography school or if you studied it, period, you know that with professors and with perfectionist professors, like some of the ones that I worked with, a critique has to be somewhat rough, but also you have to be open to understand why you are being critiqued or perhaps why your work is being critiqued and not so much you as a person. You have to separate yourself from that type of scenario. So you are being critiqued on your work, not on your personality or not on yourself. So that is something that the executioner tends to focus on rather than entice or perhaps learn more or grasp more of the understanding of the type of photography that they're trying to become successful in. And so this executioner also becomes someone who is starting out. Again, they're learning the process and they always want to have or perhaps leave room for improvement, which is probably why they do not and are not expected to get the top-notch perfect output so early into their journey or so early into their career. At the same time, though, they shouldn't expect themselves to get anything perfectly set up every single time at the very first time, meaning that practice makes perfect. Am I correct? 
Now, if you as the executioner make too many excuses instead of taking and acknowledging the learning points that these are a sign of being too stubborn to learn and, and there is a sort of inability to accept faults. If you're that type of individual, that's one type of individual, one type of photographer that you want to steer clear of. You don't want to be that type of person. You don't want to be that type of photographer. Now, there's nothing wrong with not achieving the ultimate best quality work out there as quickly as you possibly can, but the inability to take the lessons from the feedback that you are receiving from those that are in a different place, perhaps at a different level than you are at that particular time, can be a huge roadblock at some point sooner rather than at some point later. So that's always something good to consider. And of course, in a professional setting, this really becomes even more problematic. Why, you want to ask? Well, even as professionals, perhaps any one of us is not expected to always get everything perfectly with the first try. However, also as a professional, you are more likely to be expected to know how to achieve nearly perfect work regardless of how many times you've tried. And it is important to also understand that your clients or your potential clients come to you because of a need or sometimes even a problem. And they do come to you because they need a sort of solution or they want you to be the solution. Now, for many of our clients, this would not be something that they mind so much, but instead, what really would matter to your clients at this stage or at this type of level of photographer is that you are able to get a shot that is good enough to fit whatever type of need that they have and perhaps even virtually resolve the issue that they're having. Okay, and so this means that many of your clients or many of our clients in general will often really give feedback to help us better understand what they need and what they want. And of course, the one response that will not work towards that desired result is obviously the quote unquote excuse. So just remember that. Now, the number two photographer that you don't want to be and that you want to avoid is the full time critic. And criticism um, can often be a good thing, of course, and it can also be taken into a greater step toward being a better artist or a better photographer. And I just mentioned this, criticism is solely based on your work, not you as an individual. And so you have to be able to, again, separate yourself from, you know, XYZ person to XYZ photographer. Okay, and criticism allows us to identify perhaps some of our weak points and our output is to allow us to find a way to improve on those weaknesses or perhaps lack thereofs. Okay, now, however, these are the pieces of the criticism part that can be counterproductive and Obviously, with much of the widespread popularity of social media, we all know that it's true, and perhaps other online photography communities, it has become a little too common to see some of the key words being warriors or maybe just individuals who spend way too much time on their computers or their mobile devices 
or their smartphones, if that makes sense, giving perhaps the most unrealistic critiques of other people's work. So what I'm trying to get to is if you're a full-time critic, you're, a, you're starting out as a photographer, but you're a full-time critic in the sense that you're already going above and beyond to judge someone else's work when you really haven't put any of your own out there, you definitely want to avoid that. Okay, and these critiques can either be very nitpicky or very specific in detail, and that sets aside all of the good things about a great photograph. And even statements that tend to impose their very own personal taste on the work of others can be a little bit annoying and can be that sort of nitpicky attitude or can have that nitpicky attitude. Now, there are many people out there that are commonly just, you know, if we, if we choose to ignore them, we can. We have that possibility. Um, let's see. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that they seem to spend so much time looking at the faults of others instead of actually enjoying being a photographer and perhaps working on their own progress and their own work. Now, if you want to be a good photographer, spending more time online nitpicking on other people's photographs instead of shooting and creating and practicing your own techniques and developing your own techniques is going to completely be counterproductive. You're going to focus on something that you cannot control because you are not physically there or spiritually, spiritually sorry, or mentally or virtually there to make someone's life impossible. You are supposed to be someone for you. You are supposed to be able to give yourself that opportunity to be the type of photographer that works on their own work and chooses to be unique in the sense of how creative you can be with your images. Number three is, of course, the gear collector. And I can tell you that I remember many of these gear collectors when I was in school because at the end of the day, if you're starting out as a photographer, you always say to yourself, well, I want to have the best. I want to have the best equipment. I want to have the best camera, the best gear, the best tripod, the best camera holder, the best book bag, the one that holds my laptop and my cameras, the one that holds all of my lenses, etc., etc. Now, when it comes to that, what I say is there's really nothing wrong with wanting and needing exactly what you think is going to make you a better photographer. If you have top-notch equipment, equipment, sorry, um, you are set. And we all know that. So the better quality equipment you have, the better chance you have a, about capturing the best images, very little editing. But it's, it is a combination of your equipment, but it also has to do with you as an individual. And we all know that if any one of us were given the chance to have way too much gear or even way too much money to spend on our gear, I can easily say it is safe to say and safe to assume that most, if not all of us, would also be able to accept it. I mean, who wouldn't want to have every type of equipment possible without having to worry about how much money you're spending on your equipment because it's all going to you, to your work, and of course to your business, to your 
imagery, etc., etc. Now, there's also really nothing wrong if you want to be a camera gear collector, if you want to be one of those who go ahead, who goes ahead and you know wants to have maybe a setup of antique cameras or you want to do analog cameras you want to do film cameras you want to do digital cameras maybe a point and shoot a medium format full size um we can go on and on but there's really nothing wrong if you want to be that type of gear collector however if you want to be a good photographer the amount of gear that you actually have will really not make that much of a difference if you don't go out to use your gear and if you practice. Yes, yes, I, I, I completely understand. Having more gear options and every lens that you might possibly need will help you to be specifically successful and you'll want to have the urge to try new things, but if all your gear is rarely even used, then this is not going to help you to become a better photographer and just something to keep in mind. Number four, <laughs> and this gets better, um, the competitor. So this is a type of photographer, the competitor photographer, um, because this also involves being passionate about photography. And I'm not saying that being passionate about photography is not good. Um, it is greatly good and definitely good, but however, being too competitive can be a little bit detrimental, if not very detrimental. Now, as photographers and as artists, it is totally normal for us to look at the work and the achievements of others that we may call our peers. I know that secretly some of us out there, I've been, you know, I'm known to have done that at some point in my personal life where I've like secretly perhaps work-related um, envied somebody's work, but then I, I, it would actually be a better opportunity for me to kind of say, okay, that type of work is a challenge because what if I added this and this and this or these elements to that and made it my own? And then that's how I see it, but it's not really, you know, being competitive per se, but um it is actually pretty normal to look at how good a particular peer's work is. And of course, as we, I just mentioned it, we aim to achieve the same quality of work. It's also normal for us to look at the success of another person and the hope that we achieve the same things. However, however, if we consider everything to be a competition between us and everyone else, then that is going to have a terrible bruise or we are going to be left with a terrible bruise, you know, on our professionalism and, of course, our overall personality. And being part of a community of photographers is a good way to have a reliable support system, whether as an artist or an entrepreneur, and having a personality that prevents you from finding happiness in the success of others. And that will also help to prevent you from having meaningful connections with people who can potentially understand your struggles and even help you in certain steps of your progress. So basically what I'm saying is don't feel like you have to be competing with everyone's work, even if you're not part of a community or if you are. 
Think of it as a challenge like I just mentioned for yourself and say, wow, this is going to give me an idea about another idea about how I want to incorporate my very own personal style and make it my own. So if some of you guys are out there and you're hoping to join a community, perhaps you want to do it on a local level, try it. Maybe you want to join an Instagram page and share your images. Go to... Um, different websites, go to your local Facebook pages and see if you have a local community of perhaps amateur photographers, 150% professional photographers, avid listeners, or perhaps even just someone who loves to photograph landscapes. The moment that you start to do that, the moment that you realize that you're benefiting by not competing but looking at others works or looking at someone else's work and perhaps admiring it and developing your own thoughts and your own ideas is definitely going to help you to be that type of individual that you are not just one photographer, but that you also serve as a support system to others who may feel or may have similar ideas or similar interests when it comes to the type of photos or even the equipment that you're using. So keep that in mind. And the final one, the final and the fifth photographer that you definitely don't want to be is the gatekeeper. And so gatekeepers. These gatekeepers are often those photographers who have gained either recognition or at the very least a lot of experience. In many instances, uh, these photographers consider themselves masters of the craft who could probably inspire new generations of other photographers with their body of work alone, so simply based on the work that they've presented. Now, things do go wrong and can go wrong when these experienced photographers treat newcomers as if they don't deserve the same respect or as if their opinions or recognitions are not valid or are not as progressive or perhaps they are not as worthy as their very own. Keep in mind that at the same time, these gatekeepers tend to be terribly insecure with the notion that they deserve a spot on top of an imaginary hierarchy and they too have to somehow protect that pedestal that they are on. So remember, the gatekeeper, you... You know that you've accomplished a certain level of recognition. You know that your work has been exposed. You know that you've had and made several different connections and interactions with different people in the same business. But when it comes to somebody coming in for the first time or perhaps working alongside someone that is doing it for the very first time, there's always that sort of egotistical manner in which we behave where we think no you don't deserve the same respect that I do because it took me a while and it's like no guess what we're all at different stages it's taken us several different years maybe months maybe weeks again years to be at the level that we want to be but don't shut somebody else out because they're not in the same level as you because they're not at the same respectable 
um, recognition or level of recognition as you do. Remember, we were all beginners at some point. We all had great ideas. We've all fallen and have tripped and have gotten right back up again. So it's always that ability to be able to remember that in order to say, you know what, I want to be your example. I want to be the person that helps you see and, and visualizes what you can be if you put this type of effort into it. Let the individual that is starting out be feel as a sort of mentor be the mentor to that individual whether it's virtually whether it's in person if it's a group of friends anyone that you feel that it allegedly or perhaps even you know successfully is able to to criticize your work and give you the recognition and the great effort and you know promote your work and say that you are at the top of your game then don't prevent someone else who has the same dreams, who has the same foundations, who has the same ideas at a different speed, perhaps at a different creative level, but allow them the opportunity to get to know you. Be the person that gives them enough knowledge and understanding where they take in information from you, where they learn something from you. Because at any point of your career, you are that type of person, whether you believe it or not. When you've reached the level that you want to be in on a personal note and somebody else looks up at you and admires you for the type of work that you provide, you want to make sure that you are that individual. You want to make sure that you are that mentor. Okay, and when we go back to the term gatekeeper, this comes from the notion that there are that they are the photographers or those photographers are closing off and protecting their territory from newcomers who do not deserve to be with them okay and this type of mindset prevents you from making real connections with peers and it also really does waste your opportunity to inspire and share the benefits of the craft with others and like i just mentioned so no matter how young or how old you are, no matter how experienced or how successful, there will always be more to learn and things to improve upon. Even the most experienced artists have the, abil have the ability sorry, to learn something new from a newbie because they are open and they come in with an open mind to the idea of it. And so one of the biggest things about being a photographer is the continuously expanding possibility of learning and becoming better than the artist that you were in the past, meaning that you have every other opportunity that is out there to continue to learn, to improve on your craft, and at the same time, have and continue to be the desire have the desire, I'm sorry, to create valuable visual experiences for people who view our work and provide unique creative solutions for those of us who hire us, okay? There are millions of individual ways that you can achieve success, and of course, there are millions of other ways that you can achieve greatness, both as an artist and as a person, and none of these involve pride, resistance to learning and stepping on others so remember that guys this is something that should be enough to cover your bases where you definitely pick on these five and you say to yourself this is where i don't want to be this is who i don't want to be this is who i'm not going to be 
And guys, with that, we end for tonight, but follow us on Instagram and keep up with our latest episodes on our podcast. Make sure that you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. Signing off today is Laura and hope you'll listen to us on the next episode. Have a great night, everyone.